long because I'm not holding very tightly to anything except for Jesus and his message. Everything else to me is secondary. Welcome to the Young Christian Warriors podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Jed. In this episode, Cody and I discuss our worldview. We talk about Genesis 6, the three incursions, and how Jesus is the primary foundation of our faith, and how everything else is secondary doctrine. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and leave a five-star review, and let's get to the conversation. guess to set the foundations you would always start at the beginning of your project right so right. um we would start in genesis mm-hmm. with this okay so um the key to all of this is that it does take a degree of faith right mm-hmm. at some point you just have to say okay that's good enough yeah reasoning logic evidence whatever you need that's good enough for me i believe there's stuff going on in heaven before we are made. Mm-hmm. And that's evident whenever you read Genesis. And in the first chapter, when he's getting ready to make man and all that, he he turns mm-hmm. and he, he's talking to the divine council here. And he says, let us make man mm-hmm. in whose image? Right. Our image. And so yeah. you got a whole lot of people running around or a whole lot of, you know, mm-hmm. at least... Elohim is the word used, which is spirits. Plural, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have a lot of Elohim running around that we are modeled after. Mm-hmm. So everything's going great. And then all of a sudden, one gets jealous and they think they should be at the right hand of God. God essentially ejects Satan or Satan, which means the enemy. He is ejecting the enemy out of heaven and onto earth. Well, you know, all this stuff, this is while God is making everything and all going on, right? And so he's saying relationship and covenant with the Father, but also to subdue the earth, to fill it and subdue the earth, to draw out, right? So he's given us dominion. The Satan comes in, the enemy comes in and talks to Eve and says, hey, God, he's just scared because he doesn't want you to become like him, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the catch. There's a lot of things going on right now, but like you can be God, right? No, it says you can be like God. It never says you can become God. Like uh, God's through the knowledge of good mm-hmm. and evil. It's a small word that's taken out, mm-hmm. but it has huge impacts. It has huge ramifications. You have yeah. like. It was great to have this knowledge, this unlimited amount of situations where you'll know right and wrong but it's really just such a curse i used to explain to people that were addicted to knowledge in in university you have this addiction to to knowledge but you want to know everything yeah okay yeah they say they want to know everything okay do you want to know what it feels like to kill someone and they're like no 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 i'm like okay well do you see how it's a slippery slope this this need for knowledge you don't want it to dry up if you really get addicted like learning new stuff all the time and I'm not saying like you shouldn't be learning in your life. You know, that's not the direction. Right, right. The people, just unlimited esoteric, forbidden, hidden knowledge. They they end up digging into just such a, a, a deep rabbit hole, you know. But yeah, continue. That's the first incursion. So that's the fall of man. Mm-hmm. Eve takes a bite and offers Adam and 
And this is a perspective that a lot of people don't think of, but she forced Adam's hand into this decision. Adam right. had no choice. He did, but think of it like this. This dude had been alone for forever, kicking it with the animals. And then all of a sudden this person shows up because God fashioned her from his rib. And she goes and breaks the only one rule that God has. Don't eat of this tree. And so he's like, well, this is going to start all over again. Like, is God going to make me another helper? Right. She's never going to be allowed to come back. And so he's inevitably eats it. And because mm -hmm. of that, he also gets kicked out of the garden. And then this curse is placed. Women are going to have greater pains during childbirth. Man, we have to work harder. We're going to eat by the sweat of our brow. Thorns and thistles come to the ground. And Ain't that the truth, man? Yeah, you're homesteading, right? <laughs> Real, yeah. It's just like every day something else, some new predator after the chickens, and that's just chickens, man. Like it, I can't imagine how hard it must have been for Adam and Eve getting kicked out of that place where heaven touched earth and just go out in amongst the wild. Yeah, you know? and be like, well, I'm known supposed to have dominion over this, and I've killed however many of these who right. weren't necessarily hunting me right now. Yeah, it was a game changer. It was a big difference for him, and because of that. We're now, we now have new nature, right? And it is a fallen nature. So now we have a sinful nature that the Bible tells us we are all born into. None of us are born good. Sorry to break it to folks. You know, nobody is good on this planet. So Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden, but they're still doing their best to fulfill the commission, right? The subdue the earth, be fruitful, multiply. But no, um, so with the watchers, they look down and it says that they saw mm -hmm. that the daughters of men were beautiful and they came down and uh, they took them for wives. So a lot of people, yes. there are a lot, there's a lot of postulation on this part, but uh, I, I kind of, I tend to agree with this one is that uh, it was actually more so like a business deal. So more so. In exchange, I'll give you knowledge if you give us your daughter. Yeah. And that's kind of validated in the book of Enoch. And I, I want right. to address something real quick. Is I yeah. don't view yeah, I don't view Enoch as scripture. I view Enoch as right, historical right, right. context because that's how the second temple period Jews viewed the book of Enoch. Right. Just the right. first one, not, right? Yeah, not the second, just the first. Also, um, what was I gonna say? Um, so there is a, there is like a, like a, I don't know, some margin of, of Christians who believe like the sons of God that came unto the daughters of man were, I believe they think that they were, um, I think the, the sons of Seth mm -hmm. and they think that, you know, these mighty men, you know, had children with these women and made giants. And so I had a pastor who was very calvinist um and like super he did not believe in like nephilim or any like any of that coming down and, and having like he's like spiritual spiritual entities having like hybrid children with women like he's like he said this is it this is my wife started this conversation at bible at bible study with the pastor and a couple families that were a couple couples that we were with and she always likes to bring up this stuff because to see how people react to like Enoch or okay. Nephilim and you know what did and he's like no 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 I don't want to believe I don't want to believe in all that and we're like okay well he's like but you know they use this word for 
sons of God in another part of the Bible I know. So I will look that up. And he looked it up and it talks about angels that sinned. You know, it's another time that it uses that word, the sons of God. And I'm like, so angels, right? Like we're talking about angels, right? Not the sons of Seth, right? And he's like, I don't want to believe that. And we're like, well, you know, because he's very like right. small at his, his little church in the in the hillside. And he's like, I don't want to believe that. And we're like, well, you kind of said it. <laughs> you kind of said it, not us. You found it for yourself in front of everybody. And uh, so, yeah, like it just takes a little prodding and questioning and maybe someone to prove me wrong you know about that another time but to me it, it seems pretty clear that these sons of god that came down into the daughters of, of men are clearly elohim and not you know the sons of seth uh, but yeah oh no so. yeah and another point is if if you are a christian and you you kind of have that view and you don't believe in that you know spiritual supernatural beings can create hybrid people or whatever then how do you explain christ right 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 it was through the holy spirit mm -hmm. that christ was conceived yeah mary was made pregnant by the holy spirit so yeah and talk to these he he talked to these not less peers but he talked to them up there like they had significance so to to limit to say that they wouldn't be able to at least come down and make children with the daughter's man, you know, even though it is in the scripture, even if you hadn't heard that before, like it, it should, it shouldn't be impossible in your mind, you know, as a Christian to think that, but I, it, because it's never talked about, like it's, it's very rare to be in a church that's like, oh, this is by the way, where evil spirits and demons and, and the monsters come from. You know, because they're just told, oh, the giants and the demons and uh, there, there they are. And this is what they've been doing. And this is what they did. And you're like, OK. And they, you never find out where they come from. And so that right there would be the second incursion, right, of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so because right. of all this that's going on, all these Nephilim that are produced from the Elohim that came down to the daughters of men um, produced mm -hmm. the giants, the Nephilim. And to to cut to the chase they were pretty much eating up all the resources and were starting to turn towards the men towards the people and not only that uh it got to a point to where it said you know men contemplated evil constantly in their hearts there was like almost no shred of of godliness left it was just basically like constant chaos yeah. you know and and turning away from god and the, basically the the bloodline or the the gene pool had just become so polluted that there was not enough of Adam left. It almost sounded like, you know what I mean? Like enough God's intended children left. It was just kind of like, you know, not to use it as a curse word, but the bastard children of, of fallen angels, you know what I mean? That kind oh, of situation. So. Yeah. You know, and this is another point too, right? All this infers that, to get the Nephilim, the angels were walking around Earth like normal, regular, everyday, whatever, right? Like they knew it was the Watchers because they were probably more beautiful, more cunning, right? Just better, whatever. But but they were walking around all that good stuff, and I think that'll tie in, you know, in the future also, you know, with the as in the days of Noah, but um. I think it's 
Oh no. So like I have a new international version. I'm just grabbed like a, we'll just call it like a normie Bible, just because this is what people are going to yeah. be looking through. If they're, they pick up a Bible, it's pro- it could be an NIV, right? And so when you get that for Genesis 6, 1 through 4, it says some people have thought that the sons of God were fallen angels, but the sons of God were probably not angels. Like this is man trying to tell other men how to think about scripture. Like probably not, right? That's like what they say right down here. We're probably not angels. At least it doesn't say like they weren't, yeah. you know, but it's like probably not because angels do not marry or reproduce. It says, so that says Matthew twenty two thirty and Mark twelve twenty five, And maybe Elohim wouldn't be reproducing with each other, but we're not talking about right. yeah. humans. And I'm sure maybe I, so I'd have to, but we're talking about, we're not talking about Elohim reproducing. We're talking about Elohim coming into the daughters of man and reproducing. So it says some scholars believe that the phrase refers to the descendants of Seth who intermarried with Cain's evil descendants, the daughters of men in quotes, this would have weakened the good influence of the faithful and increased moral depravity in the world, resulting in an explosion of evil. Nephilim refers to powerful race, a powerful race of giants. So what, what sounds, I mean, so I believe Jesus was the logos, right? So he's the only source of logic in this world. Um, Like without it, we wouldn't really be able to reason. And so like, I try to reason stuff without adding to scripture, but what sounds more realistic, like these angels that sinned, which it talks about later in the Bible, coming down and having relations with men and and having these giant monster babies or just the sons of Seth having relations with the, the daughters of Cain and having giant monster babies that are like, you know, were like grasshoppers in their sight. They're so big and awful and they just destroy and eat everything. Like which one sounds more realistic, you know, but yeah. We're just going to brush with the broad stroke and say Elohim and Elohim don't made or mix or whatever, but um, Elohim and people do for some reason. So that's hard for me to buy. I, I don't necessarily buy that narrative because there's too many times whenever words have been mistranslated also not by the actual translators of the bible but by scholars with bias because that happens everywhere you can be the most unbiased person in the world but you'll still have some bias somewhere so and i'm not throwing shade at any of the researchers or scholars or anything right all much more brilliant people than i so that was the second incursion okay and so and to, because of all this going on, the world being overran by the Nephilim and the hearts being just always inclined towards evil, God decided, I need to get rid of this. And so he found one person blameless in all your ways. You know, you're you're pure. So God chose Noah, built an ark and floated around for 10 months until everything dried up. And then then we have the Council of the Nations, which is, I believe, Deuteronomy 32. And that's whenever God pretty much said, okay, so what I did mm-hmm. is not working good enough for you all. You're not liking it. So I promised I'm not going to drown everyone again. So 
I'll tell you what, I'm going to break everybody up and you're going to be ruled by these Elohim that are going to be over you, which we can refer to as principalities, right? So you're going to have these ruling over you. What winds up happening is they don't rule correctly. And so God gets upset. And that brings us to Psalms 82. And in that one, you know, this is another one that gets misquoted all the time. You know, you were God. I've told you that you were gods and you know, all this good stuff. But really, God is talking to the watchers who were not ruling correctly. And in this in this scripture, he's passing down judgment as to what's going to happen to them because of their negligence and how they uh, mistreated God's children. So that sets up the reasons why we have the issues we're right. in today. You misled them. Because yeah. It, yeah. In Matthew twenty two thirty, when it says, At resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. And that talks about everybody in heaven won't be marrying or having children. Um, but we're talking about people that left heaven. We're talking about beings that left heaven. So it, you know, it says in heaven, you know, and as at resurrection, it says in heaven, like angels aren't reproducing. They're not right. And that's also the six is saying, it's saying that they came down and reproduce, right? They came down and to reproduce. And it doesn't say. At resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels. It will be like the angels in heaven. Not doing that. It doesn't say like the angels because that would imply angels don't do that. A period. But the angels in heaven, to me, implies like when they leave, they do something different. That verse is actually on the side of Genesis 6 being Nephilim fallen angels instead of what what they're trying to say here, which is saying like, no, 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 angels don't have babies, you know, little tangent. But I wanted to follow up with that for the people that are like, they've never heard this before. And they're like, well, 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 I need a little more push to kind of get me over that hump, you know? Yeah. And, you know, at the, at the end of the day, this is just information that we're putting out and it's people choose to accept it. That's awesome. If not, that's cool too. But, you know, think about it. Do you, read into it yourself you know do some research have more they can come at us anytime and and try to argue the other side you know because i'm not holding very tightly to anything except for jesus and his message everything else to me is secondary so like if if someone proved to me that it was the sons of seth that's great i can't wait to learn you know that's like uh it's not a i'm not trying to shut down people who believe other than me yeah, the most important thing is Jesus. Do you believe Jesus? Awesome. Cool. Then you're good to go. You're safe. I'm good with it because you just confessed that you believe. Exactly. And I think that's the most important thing that people miss in denominations is, you know, I have people that think that, I mean, not many, but there's people that believe if you don't get the trib right, that you don't really know God. And that you're not really saved. I know people that are, you know, on a more broad stroke. It's, um, you know, if you believe in the, that we still can cast demons out of people and heal people and speak in tongues, you know, that you don't know God or you can't be saved. Or people that, you know, they think that if you're Catholic, you you know, you're basically just a Roman pagan with a Christian rapping and you don't know God and you won't be saved. And I think 
no matter where you are in any of these spectrums, if you know Jesus and you believe in him and you've accepted him into your heart, you know, John three sixteen, like little kids like that, that childlike faith, then you're good. You're safe, you know, and wherever you are on that journey, when he comes back or when you die, it's just more that you'll, you'll learn, you know, later when you get to meet him, you know what I mean? Like, I think Jesus is the most important. And do I think there's things that are important to know a hundred percent. That's why we're here. You know, it's kind of like a roadmap or a treasure map. Jesus is the treasure. You have to have the map to find at least the area that you got to dig for the treasure. About the map or, you know, hear someone saying about the map, you know, but it's, yeah, the treasure's not hard to find. I don't think, you know, yeah. it's just, I'm obviously coming to you and seeking you. You know what I mean? I'm like a, I'm not a Calvinist. Um, yeah. But I understand like the role that God plays in, <clears throat> in like your, you know, salvation. You know? Yeah. And we have, you know, God's judgment being cast down. And so that puts us in a really weird place right now because God, God's like, you know, my spirit is not going to dwell with man forever is what he said. Right. And because of all the sin and everything going on like that through a series of terrible decisions, the Israelites wind up getting human judges placed over them, which is really, really working out pretty great for them. But they see everybody around them having Kings and God warns them about having Kings. You know, he's like, listen, if you have Kings, they're going to, they're going to take from what you make. Then you're not going to take from what you have. They're going to send your children to war. They're going to make your daughters husbandless, your children fatherless. That just keeps building and everything keeps going on until we get to this, to this point to where it seems like all hope is lost, right? They've been waiting, been waiting on a Messiah that's been prophesied about for, for forever now, it seems like. They've been in and out of captivity and right now, the empire of Rome has their foot on the throat of the Israelites. So God sends an angel, an actual angel, a messenger down to talk to Mary and say, hey, you're expecting. Don't worry, I'm going to tell Joseph. Call him Jesus. <laughs> you know, that's that's the gist of it. And what what a lot of people don't know is that, right, the reason why... He had the Holy Spirit uh, impregnate Mary is because when a baby is developing, a baby does not get its blood type from the mother. A baby gets their blood type from the father. If it would have been any other way, there would have been no way mm -hmm. to say that Christ was both fully right. God and fully man. There's a lot of small nuance that goes on to actually building up a mountain in in case for Christ, but we we go on throughout the story. And Christ heals a lot of people, sets a lot of captives free. Mm. Uh, the Jews don't like that, and he's honest about who he is. Yeah, and they're not digging it. Yeah, they want, but they're they expecting heads to roll. someone different. You know, you know, someone different, and they don't get that with Christ. With that, they grow weary of him because yeah. they think it's this lunatic blaspheming, so they kill him. Plot twist. Three days later, Christ raises from the dead, and he stays with the apostles for 
40 days, and then he ascends up into heaven. But while he's down there, he goes and gets the keys from death, hell, and the grave, right? He is the master. And like I've heard people say, you know, that Christ is an ascended master. It's like, no, he's not an ascended master. He is the master. And there is a difference. You can be the boss or you can be one of, but you can't be both. So right. what a lot of people don't know is that that actually ties in to um, kind of like eschatology. Not, not kind of. It does. It ties into eschatology. It, this goes, this comes and ties in to Revelation is what I'm talking about. The book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. And for people to understand is that there was all sorts of Greco-Roman worship going on at the island of Patmos. I mean, it makes sense, right? Because it's an island off of Greece. And there's actually a temple to Apollo in Patmos, Patmos Island. And whenever Jesus appears to John on the island of Patmos, and he says, I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He declared his supremacy and his victory over uh, Apollo. And so Apollo was the uh, Roman god, or, yeah, he, he was Hades, right? Essentially, he held the keys to all three of those, to death, hell, and the grave. And so what Jesus is saying is like, no, Apollo is not the king here. I am the king. Mm-hmm. Like, I have it. You know, I think in a way, you know, the final battle of Armageddon whenever Christ appears is actually going to be kind of a, like, probably going to be fairly disappointing, right? I think it's going to be anticlimactic. I think it's Christ is going to roll up and, you know, okay, yeah, I won here. Well, okay, he's back. It was fun. Yeah, and not to say that it won't be, you know, tribulation won't be brutal and all that stuff, um, you know, but yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be nothing to laugh at at that time. I, I agree. I think it's going to be, I mean, because he's already won. Um, they're just doing their, their, their darndest to, to finish what they started, which was just those, you know, they've chosen their, their path and they're just sticking to it. They're just basically acting out their, their curse, you know, and they're trying to, to make sure others are cursed with them, you know? Right. So if, if it, breaks his heart to see a soul lost the lost sheep and you know that he not that he can't but that that won't come back or that he has lost you know single one is gut-wrenching and there's already probably been a billions you know billions of people who've you know so there that's their victory you know and we can think about it like this too as long as they can continue what they're doing and just keep pushing the timeline further and further down the road, then that's a win. That's their win. Because it's more souls that are getting played like pawns on the chessboard, you know? How many times can people fall for the same lie? You become like, you can become God, right? Because um, I'm going to say something controversial. We are already like God, because we are 
made in his likeness. So that was the lie. Brought up something I wanted to mention earlier that was so far away from what we were talking about before, but now you've brought it back was he told him in the garden, I was talking to someone else about this a couple months ago. Oh, this, uh, this guy who has a, a doctorate in uh, religious studies or something seminary, but anyway, but he doesn't talk to anyone else. Cause you know, anyway, so the whole thing was the devil, like the serpent tells Eve, like, surely you won't die you know god tells her like you'll you, if you eat of that tree you'll surely you will die um and the devil's like no you won't die and they eat it and they're probably like well we didn't die but we don't know how long they would have lived had they not eaten from it and surely they did die mm-hmm. they didn't die the trick was like you won't die you'll be you know you'll know good and evil like the big man you know it's it'll be great but they did die. They just didn't die immediately, you know, but they started that clock. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's one of those things. Cause I have friends that suffer. I, I say suffer, right. But I have friends that, uh, well, yeah, suffer cause they're deceived as Christians. Also, we need to have compassion. You don't punish a victim of assault. No, you help them yeah. and you help them find what right. justice. Yeah. And so I think that that's real important here just to talk about the justice, right? Because the reason why Christ was able to accomplish all he did in in regard to sin and helping be our advocate to finding the justice is he became our sin. Like he took on our sin, right? And so what a lot of people there's a guy named Lynn Hiles, Dr. Lynn Hiles. He's awesome. Um, it, when I dig up one of his books, I'll send you one of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it's really cool because he talks about one. He talks about the phrase lifting Christ up. Right. So what does he say? If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Well, how do they hang him on the cross? And what did he do? He drew all of men's sin unto him. So that the wrath of God could be poured out on him while he's on the cross. And so what what people don't understand is that through that, he purchased us. He became us as a substitutionary atonement. So he took our place for what we deserved and exchanged it with the opportunity to be seated in heavenly places. I think at the end of the day, the most important thing, like we were saying, is just be holding to Christ, but make sure it's the real Christ. Yeah, just make sure it's the one in the, the, in one the, of the Bible. Yeah, not just the the, the will of Christ, yeah. you know, the Christ consciousness, yeah. right? Or, you know, know what's going on. Or now. the sloppy agape Christ, where it's the Lord with no teeth. Yeah. Right? Just the field. Uh, on the next episode we'll have to talk about what's going on at that uh at the revival the great revival at the university and yeah and, uh, which touch on yeah that. which we, we may have conflicting views on that one i don't know i don't know it'd be cool man no absolutely dude oh that's what i was gonna say at the beginning is i know there's gonna be stuff that we would disagree on 
and I can't wait to see what it is because that's going to be a learning experience for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I well, same here. I might get on a fence and I'm like, all right, I picked this one. I really pick it almost every time I end up switching because it's like, I think God's way of showing me, like, you don't know better. (laughs) Absolutely. By yourself, choose with me. Real quick story. We were supposed to go do mission work or teach English in China and like 2019, 2018, right after we got married in Turkey. And um, I have a crazy story, by the way. I cannot wait to tell you all the just wildness, yeah. right? So in China, we got the apartment set up. We got the job set up. We only had to teach like two hours a day, and then we were off. So there was no office hours. It was just go in, teach, leave. We lived by the river, had the apartment, the big screen TV. Everything was great. And I got a 10-year visa, no problem, to China. But she couldn't get one. And then they asked for more paperwork and we got that paperwork. They asked for the special stamp. We got the special stamp. No, you need the one with the blah, 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 invitation letter. That one. Now you need one from the government. The government of China has to invite you to China. And we're like, what is this? So we, we finally somehow got this stamp and we were fighting, you know, we were fighting for this without God. We were just like, we're, you know, for selfish reasons, we're going to go there you know, telling, of course, you know, they need to hear about God in China, but we wanted to go there for us. We wanted to go learn martial arts over there and do this thing. We hadn't really included God in this plan. It was just like, we know we're going to do God stuff there, but it wasn't him pushing us there. And we just, they denied her anyway. And they didn't even tell us why we didn't get a visa there. Well, we go to Turkey and then Cambodia instead. And then COVID kicks off right when we would have been in China. Oh, wow. We would not far from Wuhan during COVID, just during the madness. I'm not worried about the virus stuff. I'm worried about just getting welded into your apartment or getting crazy thrown in a giant, not having, yeah, we knew a guy who was in Cambodia, his paperwork got messed up. He was straight. His paperwork was straight, but because somebody didn't file it correctly, he got thrown in a Chinese prison for weeks or months. And the only reason he got out is because he had an ex-girlfriend who was his girlfriend at the time who just kept bothering like the United Nations for him. Wow. And like, this isn't our thing, but we'll send someone to check on him. And they said it was bad. And so they got him out of there. Um, and so like, even if you're straight, we could have ended up in a Chinese prison, like during COVID, who knows? When we, we, we kept, anytime we were questioning God and be like, why aren't you doing this for us? You know, it's not, why won't you let us do this for you? It was, you know, why, why aren't you giving us this? You know, this isn't what we were saying, but this was our, what we were doing, what we were telling to him with our heart was, why aren't you doing this for me? Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, it was so bad. And this is why. And then we're like, oh God, sorry. We questioned you. Sorry. So sorry. You know, so sorry. And on our journey where it was like, I, I forget I said anything, you know, just, just dangerously wrong at every turn. Anytime we question him or, or try to make plans without him. So we, from then on, we were very, very careful to just try to pray first, you know, so, and on, and make sure it's God led and not something we're trying to leave God somewhere because that's not going to happen. Again, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed the conversation, please consider giving a five-star review, subscribing to us on whatever platform you use and to share on your social media channels. Thank you, and God bless.